and sing praise God. 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 Praise Isaiah chapter 52, if you have your Bible, and then we'll have you go straight to the Word. And then tonight, Isaiah chapter 52. Amen. You love the Lord Jesus? Amen. Certainly a privilege to be here with you. And it's been a little while since we were here. Last time, I think 2015 or 16, but I'm just certainly uh, counting the privilege and an honor. Thank you, Brother Tim, for inviting me and for having me. And uh, just uh, it's always, this church has always been a real blessing to us. You young people have been a blessing to us and uh, those that are local. And, and I know we have some visitors here. So uh, I'm just glad that Jesus is here. Amen. Amen. Did you come to see him tonight? Amen. Amen. I believe that you did. I believe the Lord has something, amen, in store for us. And uh, I wasn't able to bring any of my family here tonight, so just here by myself, amen, just, just here, uh, just uh, flew in uh, yesterday, so just uh, been a privilege, amen, every time we've came, and I just trust that you came with an expectation, not to see me, uh, not with any preconceived ideas, but just to say, Lord, whatever you have that you want me to hear, let me be sensitive to that voice and let me receive it tonight. Amen. Would you, could you do that? Could you raise a hand and say, Lord, let me be sensitive to your voice when it speaks. Amen. And let me apply it to my heart. Amen. I, I believe the Lord, amen, will honor that request. Isaiah chapter 52. And I'd like to just speak to you here tonight on the captive daughter of Zion. The captive daughter of Zion. Isaiah chapter 52, verse 1. Awake, awake. Put on thy strength, O Zion. Put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. For henceforth there shall no more come in to thee the uncircumcised and the unclean. Shake thyself from the dust, arise, and sit down, O Jerusalem. Loose thyself from the bands of thy neck, O captive daughter of Zion." For thus saith the Lord, you have sold yourself for naught, and you shall be redeemed without money. Amen. Ephesians chapter 6, just one more scripture, and then I'll have you just be seated. If you have have a Bible, if not, just try to read along there if someone has one close to you. Ephesians chapter 6, amen, let's just begin reading here at verse 10. We'll read just a few verses here and then have you be seated. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, 
against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And I believe we're in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Let's just bow our heads here just for a reading, of, just for a prayer over the reading. Lord, we thank you, God, for your presence here. Lord, there's been many sermons, no doubt, Father, for, that has been ministered to these young people. Lord, other men have stood in this same place, in the same room, Lord, and uttered words of life and words of wisdom. And Father, your word is so rich, Lord. It's, it's got so many wonderful things to say to us. Lord, but we didn't come tonight, Lord, just to hear, Father, a good thought or, or a good sermon. Lord, but we came because we believe that we can have a move of God in our lives. Lord, and we pray that each young person that would be here tonight, Lord, may you move in every seat, move in every, every person's heart, God. May the word become fresh and anointed, Lord, to each young person that's here, that's gathered, Lord, tonight. May, Father, you just take these words, Lord, and this thought that you've given me, Lord, and may you be glorified by what's said tonight. And may, Lord, above all, you have liberty amongst us, we ask in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. You can be seated. We don't want to take too much time here tonight and the handsome power, uh, PowerPoints with some slides and quotes that we wasn't able to get up, but I just, I've got some things I'd like to read. And so I just would ask you uh, just to pay attention as close as you can and just, just believe that the Lord will speak to you here tonight. But we'd like to speak on this Isaiah 52 on the captive daughter of Zion. And Brother Branham tells us that we live in, an, uh, in a multidimensional environment. And we know that there's a real devil, and we know that there's a real God. And if there's a real devil, then there's real demons. And we know that there's a spirit world that we would call the demonic underworld or the demonic kingdom. We know that there's a heavenly atmosphere and a heavenly realm with heavenly angels. And the Bible says that there's guardian angels and ministering angels and ministering spirits that speak to us. And so we believe that they're beings, and, and the, the Bible says that these angels uh, are intelligent creatures, that it's n- not some figment of our imagination or some story uh, that we've seen somewhere on a, in a novel, but this is a supernatural dimension that's beyond our human senses. And so what Paul is saying here in Ephesians 6 is he says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but that 
that doesn't mean we don't wrestle. That just means that our battle is not with flesh and blood, but our battles in another dimension. And Paul says that there's a real struggle that, that takes place for the believer. There's a real battle that's going on and maybe invisible to our five senses and invisible to what we could see or what we could hear, what we could touch, but in another dimension or in another realm. And Paul would call this wickedness in high places. If you look up that word high places, it means in another atmosphere or in another dimension. But it's a, it's a real war that's taking place. And it's, as Paul says, it's not a physical problem, but it's a spiritual battle in another dimension. And so you can take addictions here tonight. You can take temptations that may be something you've struggled with in your life. Or you take a person who's addicted to alcohol or uh, then they become, we call them an, an alcoholic or a person who's addicted to some kind of drug or, or filling or something that, that they've, uh, the stronghold has came in their life. But what we have to understand is that though that may look like a physical issue and it may seem like a physical problem and it may seem like that a physical help would be what you need or, or rehab or Alcoholics Anonymous. But what we understand by the word of God is that it's not a physical battle at all, but it's a spiritual battle that's taken place in the spirit of that person, that because they've given themselves to a seducing spirit, that spirit has now developed a stronghold in their life, and we call it an addiction. And so we know Paul says it would, it was a, a spirit of flesh and blood battle is not our battle. Uh, it's not flesh and blood issues that we face, but their spiritual wickedness in high places. And so we've got to become aware that we live in this multi-dimensional environment that has angels and it has demons. And you subject yourself based on the atmosphere you choose to be in and the atmosphere that you choose to create, whether it's at work in your vehicle on your iPod or in your home in your closet when no one's looking, you create the atmosphere either of faith or of fear. And you either subject your spirit to the demon spirit of an underworld or a heavenly dimension where there's faith and love and peace and joy. And I want to subject myself to that atmosphere. And so as we go through this, Brother Branham says that there's, he says there's real angels and and real demons. And what is a demon spirit? A demon spirit is just that. It's a fallen angel. An angel, as Jude says, that has left their first estate and has left their habitation and they become a fallen angel angel. Jude speaks of this and this demonic force of an underworld. Uh, it's not some Hollywood film, but it's something that's very real. And and so even Hollywood actors uh, would take an inspiration and, and you know, they're awarded uh, great awards and uh, a uh, uh, forget the award that they're get the Oscar award. I think it is they're given for playing a role there for some part or, and they play in some movie or, or they play, uh, you know, in some, some role and they get an award. And what they, they think is that it's a gifted person with an ability that they've developed through school or through training. What they don't realize is that they've subjected themselves to an inspiration of a demon spirit to play a role to deceive the entire world. And it happens every single day. 
Uh, you look at this even today as, as we look at this here. Brother Branham says that man lives in a multi-dimensional environment. And we understand that you as young people were, were all subjected to a, seven, a multi-dimensional, uh, seven-dimensional world around us. He- let me say it this way. Heaven and hell are not some million miles away, but the prophet says they're just across the chasm, just beyond the veil of what you see and just beyond the veil of flesh that you interact with every single day in another dimension, just right a little faster than this one is an entire other world. And there's real people there. We understand that even as a Christian, and we have a chart that we could display of this multi-dimensional environment, but we won't, we won't, we don't have that here tonight. So we'll just take just here for a moment. Brother Branham says that that first dimension would be light, and then the second would be matter, and then he says the third dimension would be time, and you move on that to the fourth dimension where science is and radio waves and 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 signals, things that you can't see, and then into that fifth dimension, and and Brother Branham says it's that underworld. Uh, it's, it's that the regions of the lost, you hear him call it in one place, the region of demon spirits. And, and then in that sixth dimension, uh, and then you have the seventh dimension uh, where the Lord is, the eternal God. And, and we know here that uh, the prophet of God says that we live in this multi-dimensional environment all the time, every day of our lives. We're subjected to the influence of things that we can't see. You say, Brother Matt, what are you saying? What I'm saying is, is that not everything that you see is what you can see. And not everything that you hear, everything that you interact with on a daily basis, that's not all that is real. But if you're a Christian, Brother Branham says, and you've been born again by the Spirit of God, uh, you go into this sixth dimension. It's a place of paradise. It's, a, it's, a, it's where the dead in Christ go. And the prophet says that they go back to being young again. They go back to being in that celestial body uh, waiting for the day when Christ will come back to earth again to rapture and pick up his family and raise their mortal bodies from the dead and change what's corruptible into incorruptible. But the prophet says if you're a sinner and you never heeded the call of God in your life, you never responded to the voice of God when it tried to reach out to you, as, as we know and we're told, uh, you know, God's only obligated to come knocking on your heart's door one time, and you're obligated to respond to that voice that knocks on your heart, and you're obligated to surrender to that voice that God sends your way. But if you're a sinner and you've missed that out, you, you didn't heed that, or maybe in some way you've rejected the gospel and you've rejected it and, 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 and you've not repented of your sins and you've n- never been able to receive or you've never in your life received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Brother Branham says that person, when they die, they go to a place called the fifth dimension. It's where the wicked and the imprisoned are waiting for the final great white throne judgment to be judged according to the deeds that they did in their body. I'd like to read you just a few quotes here, and I know we're laying a foundation, but I believe it's, uh, if you just, you just listen here, we're visual and we're in a visual age and we like to see, but just listen and, and imagine the words if you can. Brother Adam says, now light, matter, and time, and he says, in our five senses, contact them dimensions. Our sight contacts light, our feeling contacts matter, and so forth. 
But we have contact through science, the fourth dimension as it was. Because coming right through this building now, coming right through this building now, comes pictures, voices of radio, pictures on television, that our senses does not contact that, but they have a tube or a crystal that picks up those ether waves and manifests them. So you see, right in this building right now is live actions of people in the air. Live voices. They're here. We know it. They're absolutely the truth. And the only thing you do, they catch it. He says, I don't understand the mechanics of those things that science has invented, but we know that it proves to us there's a fourth dimension. And you know, it's a world that you can't see. You can't hear. You don't hear none of those voices. Do do you hear any of those voices? I hope you don't. (laughs) Do you hear any of those live actions? Brother Branham says there's pictures even right now in this room. There's pictures and some horrible things and horrible images. And there's music that's going through in waves in this room. But yet you can't see it. You can't hear it. You can't feel it. You can't smell it. But it's here. And all you have to do, if I was to take something that could receive that signal and become a transmitter of that signal, then you would suddenly with your eyes see pictures that were always there. Now that instrument does not create those images. Brother Random says it doesn't manufacture them. It only transmits the signal that it receives. Are you with me here tonight? And so we understand that we're only transmitting something. Your life either transmits and is a reflection to an atmosphere from below, or it's a reflection of an atmosphere above. And I say, Lord, give me a life. Give me a testimony to where I'm a transmitter, not of a demon spirit of depression, not of a spirit of doubt and of fear, as many have subjected themselves to become instruments of an underworld and a dimension of doubt and a dimension of fear and a dimension of worry and a dimension of anxiety. But God has a people that will become transmitters of faith and transmitters of love and transmitters of joy and peace and long-suffering. Brother Branham says, now that fifth dimension is where the sinner, the unbeliever, and dies and goes. The fifth dimension is the kind of well. Can you take that, brother? He says, the fifth dimension is the kind of well, the horrible dimension. Now, this man, when a Christian dies, he goes into the sixth dimension, and God is in the seventh dimension. Now, then you see, the Christian, when he dies, he goes under the altar of God, right into the presence of God, under the altar And he's at rest. To break it down, when a man has a nightmare, he's not altogether asleep, neither is he awake. He's between sleep and awake. Are you here? He says, when a man has a nightmare, he's not asleep, he's not awake. He's somewhere between asleep and awake. And that's what makes him have a horrible shaking and screaming because he's not asleep, he's not awake. And to take that, That shows where a man goes when he dies unconverted. He's lived his time up. He's dead on the earth. And he can't go into the presence of God because he's not fit to go there without the blood. And he's caught. And he can't come back to earth because his time's finished here on earth. And he's caught between. 
He's in a nightmare. Can't go into the presence of God to rest. He can't go back to earth because his time's up. He's in a nightmare. And there he stays until the day of the judgment. A horrible thing to be in. To be in a horrible place to be in. Maybe a person who's never submitted, as we said, never surrendered to that voice. Oh, I, I thought of this here even in Isaiah chapter 52, and we'll come back to this here just for a moment. But I thought of this here, and if you have your Bible, turn to Isaiah 52 and just hold your place there. It's okay to use your phone. I think that'd be okay, right, Brother Tim? If you need to use a Bible app, that's fine, as long as you're on a Bible app. <laughs> but I want you to get it, and, and I, really, I really want you to see this here. We read our opening scripture here, and it's speaking of this captive daughter of Zion. He says in Isaiah 52, and he says, awake, awake, Isaiah 52. And I'll just wait there just for a moment for you to get there. Verse 1 says, awake, awake. So apparently she was asleep. Apparently something had happened to this captive daughter. And she had, the, the Bible says, she, he says, put on your strength, O Zion. Put on your beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, for the uncircumcised and the unclean shall no longer come to see you. Shake yourself from the dust. Arise and sit down. Loose yourself from the bonds of your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. For thus saith the Lord, you have sold yourself for nothing. So here is this image, this portrait, and we know it's speaking of Israel, and we know all the application there here for a moment. But I just want to show you here just for a moment that this can be any daughter or any son or daughter of God in their life. To where they can get to a place to where as she was, the Bible says her garments torn and, and, and her beautiful garment that God had given her had, uh, had became filthy. And the scripture says she's laying there and she's howling and she's in despair and, and she's clutching at the chain that's around her, her neck and it's choking the life out of her. Uh, God paints a picture and says, there's the enemies and they're, they're blaspheming, they're mocking her. And they're, 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 they're attacking her. And the Bible says they're blaspheming him. And they're, they're the unclean are taunting her that God has no power to set you free from that slavery. And you notice here this condition that she gets in. The Bible says she lays, she's laying there. Uh, rampled in the dust, being treaded on upon the, by the enemy who had walked over her uh, at will. And you know, if you're not careful in your life, you can become to such a condition to where God sets you free, but you go right back to the chains that God set your life free from. And the Bible says that she's laying there groveling and, 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 and the enemies are trampling over her. You get to the place in your life where the devil just beats you up like a punching bag. And he's just knocking you blow after blow and he's walking all over her. And, and the scripture says, here was, here was this. Now remember who we're talking about. This isn't Jezebel's daughter. This is the daughter of God. This is a daughter of the king. This is the captive daughter of God. And God says, this is my child. Uh, this isn't a heathen. Uh, this isn't a daughter of, Je this isn't Jezebel laying there in the dust. But this is a daughter of the king, the daughter of Zion. She's laying there in this condition. And the scripture says here, it was in this pitiful spot. This was one who the Bible says she bore the vessels 
of the Lord. That God had given her a beautiful garment and God had cleansed her and purified her. She was to be a vessel of honor. She wasn't to be a vessel of dishonor. She wasn't to be a a transmitter of an underworld. She was to be a light in a darkened world. And somehow this condition had came where the scripture says that that she's, she's fallen into a stupor. She's laying there and now God is saying, wake up. You've, got, you've gotten to such a place in your life, you're so bound that you don't remember where you came from. You don't remember that you were purchased with a price, that you were bought with a price. Remember the scripture says, God says, for you've sold yourself. Now notice what the Bible says, you've sold yourself. Let me tell you something, the devil can't purchase what God has already claimed. But you can sell yourself. And you sell yourself to a lie of the enemy. You sell yourself to some spirit that you become entangled with. Uh, This is what God is saying here. She's fallen into such a stupor. Uh, It's that condition where she doesn't really know how she got there. Uh, You know, that spiritual lethargy begins to grip her. And and she forgets who she was. She forgets she was a daughter of God. She forgets where she came from. She forgets her origin. She forgets her birth. And all she knows is she's bound. She's bound and she's on the ground and she's in the dirt and she's in the dust. And Satan's mocking her and Satan's laughing at her and scorning her and blaspheming her. Using her for a spectacle. It's in this condition that we know that Brother Branham says that, that this is where spiritual amnesia comes. There's never a clear cut decision. There's never a, a, a clean severing of the things of the world. And this amnesia sets in her body and her mind and she's, she's, she's confused. She, she's mentally in a fog and spiritually speaking here. She's, she's, and you know what's amazing about all of this entire chapter in 52? She hasn't been overcome. She wasn't walking down the road. And then there was some, you know, evil enemy, some Philistine that came and, and captured her and took her as a slave. But God says, you sold yourself. No one jumped on you. No one jumped you. No one took you. But you gave yourself to this spirit. You gave yourself to that captivity. You gave yourself to that. And and now you've 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 sold yourself into slavery for nothing. You know why? Because sin takes, but it gives nothing. You've You've done it for what? For what? For, 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 for a moment of satisfaction. You've given yourself to that spirit. And we can, if we're not careful, as we said, that multidimensional environment, we give ourselves to seducing spirits. We flirt with the wrong things. We go to the wrong places. We say the wrong things. We listen to the wrong things. And all the while, the Holy Spirit's warning us. All the while, the Spirit of God is warning us. But we just inch just a little further and just a little further. I want to read to you about a man here in Mark chapter 5. Turn there and hold your place in Isaiah 52. As we're going to come back to that. But I, I just want you to turn here just for a moment. In Mark chapter 5. 
The Bible says here in verse 1, I'll just start reading and you get there as quick as you can. They came over onto the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadareans. When he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Now notice verse 2 very carefully. I want you to hold your finger there in your Bible. Look at verse 2. The Bible is going to, in Mark 5, it's going to begin to describe a man. But I want you to notice because it's not just the man that the scripture is going to speak of, but it's also going to speak of an unclean spirit. You see, the Bible is going to begin to tell us about a man named Legion. But there's the man and then there's Legion. And they're not the same person. And don't ever let the devil tell you that they're the same person. Because the prophet of God said the man was probably a good man, a God-loving man, God-fearing man. But he gave himself to the wrong thing. But Legion and the man are not the same person. Let's read here in verse 3. It says here, uh, who had his dwelling among the tombs. Could you imagine? His house, his habitation, where he lived, where he breathed, where where he operated was in a cemetery. It was in a graveyard. It was, it was where the spirit that he had upon him led him to. The Bible says, and no man could bind him. No, not with chains. Because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains. And the chains had been plucked asunder by him. And the fetters broke in pieces. Neither could any man tame him. And always day and night he was in the mountains and in the tombs. Crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he, who's he? The man. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran. Who's he? The man. Here comes the good man who has a desire for the things of God. Who has an attraction to the things of God. He knows he's in that, in that, even in that condition in the spirit. He's not right. He's not where he should be. But there's something down inside of him that in spite of all of his bondage, in spite of all of his chains, there was something that he couldn't help but worship the Lord. When the Lord, when he seen Jesus, the Bible says, something welled up within the man. What's down there on the inside, beyond all the layers of addiction, beyond all the chains, beyond all the drugs, beyond all the alcohol, beyond what your two eyes see, is a man who has a soul who worships the Lord. You see, it doesn't matter how deep and how dark and how many layers the devil might put on your life. Don't you ever let, don't you ever let the devil tell you if it's a friend, if it's a loved one, maybe it's your father, maybe it's your mother. Don't ever let the devil get you confused. That's not the man who you're dealing with. That's the spirit that's on him. That's not the man or the daughter or the woman that you're dealing with. Your friend may be a good person down on the inside, but Satan's taken on prisoner. And the scripture says that this man worships the Lord. Notice. But as fast as he's worshiping. And verse 7. And cried with a loud voice and said. What have I to do with thee Jesus? Thou son of the most high God. I adjure thee by God. That thou torment me not. Could you imagine. Here was Jesus. Coming to set this man free. And he perceives that he's coming to torment him. You see, a person who gives themselves to an evil spirit will take what is supposed to come as grace and they'll receive it as condemnation. They'll receive it as criticism. 
Even here, this man is so bound in his life, he doesn't see. But Jesus wasn't coming to torment the man. Jesus wasn't coming to bother the man. He was coming to set him free. And the Bible says, he says, why have you come to torment me before? Uh, he says, he says, I adjure thee, thou torment me not. Notice verse 8. For he said unto him, come out of the man. Come out of the man. Thou unclean spirit. You follow? And he asked him, what is thy name? And he answered saying, my name is two thousand demon spirits. I asked myself as I read this passage, I said, how does a person get to a place to where they're bound, not with one, not with two, not with ten, but two, that's what legion means, two thousand spirits. How do you get to such a place to where your life is so bound that the scripture says, he says, what is your name? My name is Legion, for we are many. I'll tell you how he gets there, one compromise at a time. And you give yourself to that thing. You enslave yourself. That's why the apostle Paul would say, be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage wherewith Christ has set you free. But he becomes entangled, and the scripture says he's, he's entangled with 2,000 spirits to such a condition to where he's given himself after one wrong choice, after it leads to one bad decision. One bad decision leads to another bad decision. And then another bad decision leads to another bad decision. And it's a slippery slope that goes very fast. And suddenly conviction leaves, and suddenly the conscience is seared. And things that you said you would never say, you start to say. And things you said you would never do, you start to do. And places you said you would never go, you start to go. And things you said I would never watch, you start to watch. And we move ourselves from that in one decision at a time. And this is exactly how this man got here. One spirit, one compromise at a time. And one spirit, one demon spirit brings another demon spirit. And that demon spirit brings another demon spirit. As Jesus says, when the unclean spirit cometh that goeth out of a man, it goes into dry places. And it gets, comes back when it comes back and sees that the house is clean and swept. And, but here's the problem. It's empty. You would be better filled with the wrong things and dirty than clean to the whistle. Clean just from your head to your toe, but empty. Being empty and clean is one of the most dangerous spots for a person. To where you've cleaned yourself religiously, you've got rid of all the things, and you've got rid of all your music, you got rid of all your bad things and all your bad choices, but you're never filled with the right thing. And Jesus said that the condition of that man, when that spirit comes back into that man, he bringeth seven more spirits worse than the first. You know why they're worse? Because most of the time those spirits he brings are not alcohol and drugs and pornography and rock and roll music. But most of the time those seven spirits he he brings back is a religious spirit. Because he thinks he's clean. He thinks he's fine. He thinks he's okay. But he doesn't know it. But he's empty. And the Bible says that he gets to such a place to where he's got 2,000 demon spirits. Could you imagine this man? 
to where the, the Bible says he couldn't be around his family. He lives in the tombs. He, he, he's a social outcast. He's a social reject. He's mad all the time. His temper's flaring all the time. Maybe it started with something, you know, that he didn't correct. Maybe something he knew he did wrong that he knew he should have made right, but he never made it right and he let it lay and he let it grow. And here's what happens. It builds a callus. And when you reject the voice of God and God comes knocking on your heart's door and you reject it, you add a layer to that callus. And then more mercy comes and more grace comes. And, 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 and Brother Branham speaks about this python. And it's almost like the spirit of a python. You know, because a python, he's not like other snakes and where he, ha- he doesn't have any venom. He can't bite you and, and give you, you know, something that would affect your nervous system and uh, would cause swelling. But the python kills its prey by wrapping itself around its prey. And it coils itself and coils itself and coils itself to where the victim is completely wrapped up under the power of that python. And the the, the python takes grip on its enemy because every time the person breathes in just a little bit, the python gets tighter. And he breathes in a little bit more and gets a little tighter and breathes in a little more and gets tighter and breathes in a little more and... Before you know it, it's, can't breathe. And you watch people spiritually as they give themselves to that spirit over. And it slowly robs their joy. Slowly robs their worship. Slowly robs their their happiness. Takes their smile away. And slowly over time, you give yourself more and more and more and more. And then, And you're spiritually re- restricted. Can't worship. Can't praise the Lord. Can't pray. Can't say amen to the word of God. Because that python's got his grip so strong on that person. And you watch. Their grip's so tight. And the song leader says, raise your hands to worship the Lord. <laughs> Choking, no life, no joy, no love. And what replaces that is bitterness. What replaces that is fear. What replaces that is one spirit leads to another spirit. And then it builds a stronghold so strong in that person to where they can't operate. They can't breathe. They can't move. And Legion got to such a place that 2,000 spirits. You say, how did you get there, Legion? How did you get to that condition? Because he gave himself away just a little bit at a time. Had the wrong friends. Though mama told him not to hang out with that boy. He wouldn't listen. Though daddy told him, you ought to to get a different friend. You shouldn't listen to that kind of music. But he wouldn't listen. And then over, you give yourself away and you sear that conscience. Are you with me here tonight? It's important what friends you have. And I'm not just talking about your school friends. Because sometimes some of the worst influences that can come in your life don't come from Johnny at school. They come from Johnny at church. You see, you've got to choose to be different. 
You got to choose to live with somebody else. You got you to choose to live with different friends. The Bible says bad friends corrupts good morals. That's what the scripture says. Bad communication corrupts good manners. It means bad friends, the wrong friends, the wrong choices. You will only live as high spiritually as the friends you choose to create an atmosphere with and live around. You'll never live higher. If you want better, you say, I want more zeal. Hang out with somebody who has more zeal. I want more joy. Get around people who have more joy. I want to worship greater. Hang out with people who like to worship God. I want to have more faith. Choose friends who have faith because faith breeds faith. Courage builds courage. Hallelujah. How many times you've watched a person, you watch a spirit loves another spirit. Let me move on here just for a moment. And the Bible says he, 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 cry, he cries out. Now notice this here in verse, in verse 10. He saw him much. He would not send him the way out of the country. And we're going to move on down here to verse 13. It says, and forthwith Jesus gave him leave and unclean spirits went out and entered to the swine. And the Bible says in verse 15, and they come to Jesus and seen him that was possessed with the devil. And had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. They had never seen this man like this. You know what it was? It wasn't a self-help book. It wasn't wasn't some mental choice he made. He had an encounter with Jesus. And Jesus changed his entire life. The Bible says, Brother Brother Branham says here, he says, I could see that him walk in, that man legion. He says, I could see the man walk in. And he says, and there the little tattered sleeve of that wife. He says, says, her her dress, he says, look at him. Uh, Those poor little children, they were always afraid of daddy and always afraid to be around him. And they stood there trembling. And Brother Branham says, and and he put his arm around them. And he says, I can hear one little boy say to the next little girl, say, what's happened to daddy? Say, mother, mother, what's happened to daddy? I could see them tears running down those cheeks. He put his arms around mother, around the little kitties, picked them up. And he said, I'm going to tell you what's happened to daddy. Daddy, come in contact with Jesus. That's what's the matter with daddy. Daddy found Jesus. And as it did for Legion that day, it'll do for every daddy and mother both today. When you find Jesus, you'll never be the same. Legion could never be the same. No man could ever be the same after once finding Jesus. You say, what do I need, Brother Matt? You just need to find Jesus. Oh, you don't need some kind of supernatural thing over here that you're waiting on. Just find the Lord. Notice here how this, the Bible, or Brother Brandon begins to speak of this other dimension. He says here, now he says, and now in this vision, I believe I was called to that sixth dimension. Looking back down here, I could see back, see sight isn't exactly with the eyes that's earthly, but sight is a greater thing. The sight that they have there, their contact is far beyond any contact that our natural senses would contact. So what does he see? He goes into another dimension. He goes into another world. 
And he says, I'm, I'm sitting back there on my bed. And he says, I put my hands behind my head. And he, he begins to talk to the Lord. And I just love hearing the, the prophet speak about that. And he says, oh, I just begin to lay there. And he says, and he says, oh, I just said, oh, Bill Branham, if you're ever, if you're ever going to do anything for God, you better get busy. <laughs> And here he's, he's went around the world seven times. He's seen the dead raised and blind eyes uh, open and deaf ears here. And Brother Brandon says, the voice said, would you like to look just beyond the curtain? Just beyond the curtain. Notice, not would you like to get on a spaceship and travel 5,000 miles? Not would you like to travel and, and pray, you know, and go on some long journey, but it's just right beyond the curtain. And Brother Branham says, oh, it would help me so much. And you know the vision there that Brother Branham begins to display, to explain. Now notice, he never, his body's still there. He says, I look back just right above it. He didn't go to some other state or some other country or fly into the clouds. But he just pressed into just another dimension. Just on the other side of what you see is a world. Just on the other side of what you hear. Just on the other side of him, you think, you know, uh, many times when you get tempted by, uh, by something and you think, oh, you know, you know uh, what, what's happened here, what we don't realize is that long before you made that bad action, long before you made the wrong choice, long before you looked at the wrong thing, there was a spirit in another dimension that was whispering in your ear and pressing down with influence. Long before the action comes a battle that takes place in a spiritual world. And that spirit influences you. And once you've given yourself, that's why the Bible says when lust is conceived, it brings forth sin. When sin is conceived, it brings forth death. But let me tell you something, my brother and my sister, long before you break into a spirit of worship, there's an angel, a ministering spirit that begins to uh, press down upon you and you give yourself to that. You you say, Lord, I I feel like praising you. I don't know what it is. I, I just have something in my heart. What is it? It's a heavenly angelic dimension that's trying to get something down inside of you. It's trying to contact that soul man to say, if you'll just worship me, if you'll just raise up those hands and lift Lift up that voice. If you just say amen to the word of God, I can do something for you in your life. If you just give in to that anointing. It's just on the other side, just like that. That's why Brother Adam described it. He says, it's not, it's not a million miles away. It's not some far off distant shore. He says, it's just right beyond the curtain. The prophet says there were people, real people, Living real lives. I thought of that just for a moment. Brother Branham says, they're real. He's, there comes the person and, and he's seeing all of his, you know, his, his wife. And, and there he sees the man brings him this woman. And, and Brother Branham says, young woman, young beautiful woman. He says, oh, Brother Branham, that's how she looks now. He says, but you led her to the Lord when she was past, uh, I think it was 90 years old, 80 years old. He said, here was this woman here. It was, what was it? It was real people. It was real life. They were really there. It wasn't some figment of our imagination. It wasn't some story, some fantasy, or some fairy tale. But God took a man who had a transponder, a gift inside of his life. And he could take that prophet and he can move beyond what you see and what you hear and what you can, what you can contact. And he translated him into another dimension. And what did he come back? He said, there's real life there. 
there. There's real joy there. There's real people there. And they're not in pain. There's no anxiety. There's no fear. Uh, There's no worry. There's no hate. It's all peace. It's all love. I, I can't explain it to you. He says, but it's real. He says, words couldn't describe it, brother. He says, sister, it's sublime. What wouldn't be enough? He said, there's no word. What was he doing? He was as a human being who lived in a five sense world. But he goes into another atmosphere and now he's trying to describe. You can't describe that other dimension. It's got to be experienced. You can't describe it to nobody when you've experienced something and when the Lord comes and saves you and changes you. You can't put it on paper. You can't take a chalkboard and break it down into an equation. Oh, man has language that, uh, for everything and every kind of experience. They can describe it in some kind of a way. But when the Holy Spirit anoints a soul and a heart of a person, you can't explain it. You can't describe it. You've got to experience it in your life. And you can say, I don't know. I can't tell you what happened. But I know I've been changed. I'm not the same person I used to be. I can't go back to where I was before. I've been changed. I've met Jesus. Brother Branham says, he says, words can't describe it. Sublime would be enough. He says, I'm just going to say this. Whatever you do, whatever you do in your life, give up anything. Give up friends. Give up family if you have to. Give up education. Throw out your dreams. Whatever gets in the way of you and God, I don't care what it is. Whatever you do, make sure you get there. And I say to you, my brother and my sister, whatever you got to do, make sure you get to that other dimension. Make sure you got the blood of Jesus atoning for your life. And you may cross over here tonight. You don't have a promise of tomorrow. Your life may not go through the night. But make sure you meet Jesus. Make sure you make it over there. Make sure you get in that other dimension. Make sure you're there with God and all the angels and all the saints of God. Whatever you do. That's what Brother Branham says. He says, whatever you've got to do. Don't miss perfect love. Whatever you do, whatever you got to lay aside, maybe dreams, maybe education, maybe career, whatever it is that's keeping you, get rid of it. Can you say amen here tonight? Brother Adam says, he says, I I seen that. What was it? It was just another dimension. Can we go just a little bit further? Am I restricted here tonight by time? Brother Tim, I'm not going to go. Don't be scared. I'm not going to go too much longer. (laughs) I heard a gulp. Matthew 4, 24, don't turn. I'm going to read these scriptures just quickly. And his fame went throughout. Here's Jesus. His fame went throughout all Syria. And they they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with diverse diseases, torments. Those which were possessed with devils. Those which were lunatic. Those that had the palsy and he healed them. Notice in Matthew 8, 16. When the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. And he cast the spirits, cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. In Matthew 8, 28, it says, when he was come to the other side of the Gerasians, there met him two possessed with devils coming out of the tombs, exceedingly fierce. 
Uh, you can go through these scriptures here in Matthew chapter 9. It says, and they went out. Behold, they brought unto him a dumb man who was possessed with the devil. Then was brought unto him one possessed Matthew 12, with the devil, blind and dumb, and he healed him. In Matthew 15, behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast, cried unto him, saying, have mercy on me. O Lord, thou son of David, my daughter is grievously vexed or possessed. This is the same thing. She's taken, she's given herself. She's became the host. She's became the house. She's became the dwelling place for an unclean spirit. And she's grievously vexed with the demon. You say, what does it show, Brother Matt? It shows you that if there were those people who were possessed with demons and devils in the days of Jesus, oh, my brother and my sister, how much more do you live in a world that is possessed with demon spirits? We live more and more, more even than the days of Jesus. Now we live in a day of addiction. We live in the age of addictions. We live in the age of possession. Let me tell you something, my brother. You're possessed here tonight. You know what demon possession is? It's no different than when you get the Holy Ghost. It's no different. What is receiving the Holy Ghost? It's becoming possessed. But you're not possessed with a demon spirit. You're possessed with the Holy Spirit. I want to be possessed with that demon. Because when that person becomes possessed, they don't control themselves. They lose all control. Hello? That person who's possessed doesn't think like he used to think. It changes him. It changes him. It changes his makeup. Changes person. Changes the way he talks. Changes the way he walks. You watch a demon spirit of music get on a person. I've watched a man who, uh, you know, uh, just uh, a a friend of mine when I was a young age. And man, look normal. You know, just I say normal. You know, look like any other person. He moves away and comes back later and, and and he's completely different. You know, he comes, shows up at our church, and he's got uh, tight skin, tight jeans, and a cowboy hat, and a big belt buckle, and he's got a twang to his accent. I'm thinking, man, what in the world happened to you? Got in his car, and he had all kinds of country music CDs, and I said, oh, I see what happened to you. You say, what did it do? A spirit, not music. You see, it's not the music that's the bad part. It's the spirit that's on it. Because that spirit can literally change your mind. It could change the way you think. It can change your perception of reality. It can change how you look at the world and other people. That's why you should be careful what music you listen to. Be careful what movies you watch. They're transforming your mind. Well, okay, it's true. It's a transforming power. They have a transforming power. And the Bible says that he was grievously vexed. With the devil, my daughter's grievously vexed. I want you to notice here, here the prophet of God even starts to peek into that other dimension and you find it in discernment lines. He'd come to a place and at the end of a sermon and he'd begin to say, he says, and he points to a woman over on his left and he says, now the, the same thing is wrong with you is wrong with that, that woman sitting over there looking yonder, looking right at me right now. And he's looking at both of them. And he says, the same thing wrong with you is the same thing wrong with her over there. Right at me there, you on the end of the row right there. The same thing wrong with her is the same thing wrong with you. Now, these women didn't know each other, had never met each other. 
But Brother Branham says, and right out there, he says, yeah, you with a little round hat on, there's a dark string. And he says, it's connecting. There's a dark string going from you to you. The lady looking across. Yeah, you right there. The lady with her hand up. That's it, lady. That's right. Here it is coming from one to the other. It's evil powers, a dark streak. Now notice you can't see this. No one can see it in the audience. You can't see it. You can't hear it. You can't taste it. You can't smell it. But it's as real as you're real right now. And Brother Branham says that same spirit that's on you is connected with that person over there. He says, oh, that's right. Now here's two spirits calling one to the other. Now she can't hear it. She can't hear it. But in another dimension and in another world, there's a music, there's a language, there's a speaking, there's a voice. And one spirit's calling to the other spirit. And Brother Benham says, oh, oh, how I wish my lovely audience could only be in this dimension and see this. This woman standing here is suffering with the same thing. That woman sitting there with her hands crossed like that. There's a dark line because the spirit that's on this woman is calling for this spirit for help. And it's both the same disease, arthritis, in both of you. You know what it shows? It shows that spirits love kindred spirits. Spirits love for the same spirit. You watch people who have nothing in common, but let a critical spirit get on one person and they'll fellowship with people with that same exact spirit. You watch a person who suffers with depression. Satan will give you somebody else who can feed that same spirit, that same problem you're dealing with. Are you here? You watch what happens. Brother Adam says it's a dark streak. It's pulling. It's, it's calling one to the other. Now, maybe they don't even know each other. Maybe they don't even know each other. But somehow, that spirit world, in another, in another dimension, there's an attraction. There's a magnetic pulse. There's a magnetic pull. One spirit calling to the other. And it's arthritis in both. It's a disease. The same disease haunting both of them. Yet they don't know it. Can't see it. Can't hear it. You watch what the devil does. Starts plaguing you in your life. Starts giving you, tripping you up over one thing. And if you're not careful, Satan will put you in certain environments. You'll be attracted in certain environments and atmospheres that feed that spirit. Put people across your path who have the same struggles. You want to get over your struggles? Don't hang out with friends who have the same struggles as you. Find somebody else who's got victory over that thing that's bothering you. And say, Lord, if you gave them victory, you can give me victory. But spirits, birds of a feather, that's what the saying says. They flock together. They like each other. Misery loves company. Are you here, young people? And Brother Bram says, watch that dark string. He says, what's on you? He says, oh, I wish they could see it. This lovely audience. He says, I wish my lovely audience can see it. He said, it's the same spirit that's on this woman. It's calling to this one for help. And it's both the same disease, arthritis in both. 
And if you go back and you listen to the tape, Brother Branham says, now, sister, if you can just receive your healing in Jesus' name, that woman stands up and starts to scream. And when she stands up, the other woman stands up. You see, because that woman got victory, that woman over there got victory too. Because God set one person free, the dark spirit and the dark string broke, and both of them stood in liberty and freedom. Oh, my brother and my sister, do you realize why it's important for you to pull on the word of God, even if you don't think it's for you, it might be setting somebody else free? Do you realize we can create an atmosphere? Maybe one person's having doubts and fears and anxiety and depression, but you start pulling on the word of God and creating an atmosphere of faith. You translate. Hallelujah. Glory. You can take that person who's struggling, but you create an atmosphere and you move them out of their struggle into a realm of faith and suddenly they can believe and say, God, you can set me free. You can free me of that thing. That's why it's important we create the right atmosphere. Brother Adam says, what if I told you your heart trouble can be made well in Jesus' name? You believe it? Then go. And he starts to look at this sister and she starts to leave the platform. He says, just a minute. And he stops the lady and he says, demon screamed. Something called for help, demon power. It came from the audience when this woman was healed. That demon spirit screaming to one another for help. It's the spiritual world. We're not talking about the outside. Friends, they're just as real as you're real. I see them many times. They leave right. He says, I've seen them leave right from this platform. I've seen them in the shape of bats, look like long hairs hanging down their legs. But an epileptic demon looks like a tortoise with round legs hanging up like that. Usually a demon of oppression seems to be more of a cloud form, like a wave. And it just makes a real funny sound when you're in that other dimension to see the spirit. What's he doing? He's making you aware. Not everything you see is everything to be seen. He says there's a whole nother world if you could only see it. He says you might think that's wrong. He says, oh, but some of these days you'll realize if you could only take a spiritual looking glass and look into your soul, you doubt, you'd find out what it looks like. And the greatest devil, now here's the greatest, worst, evil, most heinous one he's ever seen. He says, the greatest devil, you got the tortoise and the one with long hair. And he says, oh, it just, it's so, he says, it looks, you know, the, the, the oppression looks like a cloud. He says, but the greatest devil, the chief of all devils is unbelief. You think it'd be some, some spirit of murder, uh, you know, some, some horrible, heinous thing in your mind. Brother Branham says, no, 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 no. The chief, the leader, the, 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 the hierarchy, the highest of all, the chief demons is the spirit of unbelief. You know why the devil attacks your belief more than anything he attacks in your life is what you believe. Because it's important what you believe. Because behind that belief is a faith. And underneath that faith is a conviction. And underneath that conviction is a life, not a lifestyle. 
Not just a code of rules of do's and don'ts. Not just a code book, but there's a life that's living under that flesh that's controlling you. You live like you live because you're convicted to live that way. Because there's a faith that's been revealed in your heart and you say it doesn't. No one can take that away from me. Nobody can take my faith away because God gave me that conviction. Brother Branham says, notice this here. He says, oh, I'm so thankful these past few nights you've confirmed and testified that I've told you that which is true. I'm very thankful, Father. I trust that it's believed among all. Here's at the end of a sermon. He says, I trust it's believed by all, giving thee all the praise and the glory, for we know it only comes through you. We believe, Father, tonight we can have all we can. Oh, Satan would take my very life, but I'm depending on you. And I realize that I shall face demons after a while, supernatural beings who will come out in that poor old form of a dark cloud going against my very soul, then Father, if you don't cover me, notice, now here's a prophet. Here's the prophet of God at the end of preaching an anointed sermon. Are you here tonight? Here he is preaching at the end of an anointed sermon, and he starts to pray this prayer. He says, Lord, I know that after a while, I'll come out from this anointing, come out from this spirit, come out from this atmosphere. And he says, and those demons will be there and that cloud form to haunt me. And he says, Father, if you don't cover me with your blood and protection, it would quickly would come upon me and I could have no more services for I'd be laying helpless. Oh, help thou me, Lord. Help me to be sincere. For I realize we're not wrestling against flesh and blood now, but spiritual powers. He says, protect us, Lord. Oh, I I prayed this prayer. I thought if here's your prophet of God and even himself is praying a prayer of protection over a dimension that maybe no one else could see. I said, Lord, how much more do I need this prayer? How much more do my children need this prayer? How much more does, my ch- does the church need this prayer? He says, protect us. May the angels of God, may they stand in the aisles and may the great angel of God spread forth his wings throughout this tent tonight. May he still distill dewdrops of divine mercy and drop on every soul. Oh, I I say tonight, Lord, when I leave this building, may the angel of God protect my life. May it protect my mind. Could you pray that young person and say, Lord, may you protect my spirit from receiving the wrong spirits. May you protect my mouth from saying and giving heed to the wrong things. May you protect my eyes, Lord. May you protect and anoint my spirit so that you protect me by your blood, Lord. Don't let me end up like that captive daughter of Zion. Don't let me end up in that condition just as we close here. To where you're, you're, you're so bound. You're there in the dust. You don't, you don't know exactly. You don't know exactly how you got there. And maybe she couldn't even. And sometimes you get to such a place, you, you try to trace back and you try to you look back and go, I, I, I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. I just know I've lost something. I, I still love the Lord. I, I still love his word, but somehow there's, there's something missing there. And I have tried to trace my steps and look back. And maybe she couldn't even in this condition even consider how she had gotten to that spot. But listen to the loving words, not of a, not of a, a judge. This isn't the loving words of an accuser, 
But this is the loving words of a father. And he says, as he comes to this captive daughter, notice here in Isaiah 52, look there in your Bible if you still got it. He says, awake. Isaiah 52, 1. Awake. And then he repeats it. Awake. He's trying to stir. He's trying to stir something down on the inside. You know, only God can do that. Music can move you, but sometimes music can't move you. Good singing can move you, but sometimes it can't move you. But when God begins to speak, and he says, awake, awake, wake up. He says, put on, I love this here, put on like a garment, like a robe. Put on your strength. You've been weak. You feel weak. You feel like you're helpless. Feel like you can't make it. Feel like you can't go one more day. But here's what the voice of the Father saying. Put on your strength, child. Awake, O daughter of Zion. Put on your beautiful garments. Notice there's no rebuke. There's no chastisement. There's no criticism in his voice. He's, there's no condemnation. There's love and there's mercy. He knows he sees a child who's enslaved, who's in bondage. And, 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 and notice the, the daughter could say, oh, the, has the Lord forsaken me? Has, has he forgot about me? Lord, are you just going to leave me in this condition? Are you just, you just forgot about me, Lord? And then God says, can a, can a woman, notice the example, can a woman forget her baby? Could a mother, could a mother for forget her and have compassion on the son of her womb? Yay! God says, they might forget. He says, yet I'll not forget thee. I don't care how, how enslaved, I don't care how lost. My brother, my sister, you came here tonight. Maybe you came from a long place, long distance. God's saying something to you here tonight. God's speaking something here tonight. I'll never forget you. You may go and you may run and you may go miles, but I'll never forget you. They might forget. I don't care how bound, how bound up you feel like you are. I can't forget. And he says, behold, this is Isaiah 49. Notice he says, behold, I have graven you into the palms of my hands. He says, I've engraven you, your name, into the palms of my hands. And then he says, this is Isaiah 49. He says, thy walls, I love this, thy walls are continually before me. Thy walls are continually before me. Before me, how many times can you feel alone? You're struggling in the midst of that problem, in the midst of that need, and you feel like no one understands and no one cares and no one's watching and no one's going to save you. No one's going to rescue you. They're just going to keep going down that road. You, you, you think every, every, you've been abandoned. You, you, you've, you've been left. But here's what God says. Your walls are continually before me. You know what he's speaking of here? He's speaking of a prison. He's speaking of a, a jail cell. And this is what God says. He says, I've graven you in the palms of my hands. You've enslaved yourself. You've bound yourself. And he says, but your walls are continually before me. This is choma. It's the, it's the, the, the Greek word here. 
look this up. Choma, he says, your walls. It means, that word choma means, literally it means to be joined to a wall. It's, it means to be interlocked. This is what God says to a wall. God's saying, in your captivity, I'm joined. I'm right there. I'm not outside the jail cell looking in. I'm in the jail cell with you. When you're bound up and you think God says your walls are always before me. Choma, I'm your walls. I'm joined to your problem. I'm not distant. I'm not a father looking from above. But I'm with you. I'm right there in the trenches with you. I'm joined to your depression. I'm joined to your anxiety. I'm joined to your struggle. I'm joined to whatever prison you've created in your life. He says I'm joined to your walls. They're, they're ever before me. Your walls are my walls. God says, your captivity is my captivity. How could I leave you? I'll never leave you. I'll never, fors- I'll never forsake you. They may forget. I'll never forget. Let me, give you a, let me give you a New Testament way of saying it. Paul says, he's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He's touched. He's a high priest who can be touched by the feelings. No matter what you're going through. The feelings of our infirmities. You musicians, could you come here tonight? He's, he's, he's a high priest who can be touched. You think of Jacob here just for a moment as we close. Here was a man. Disobedient. Jacob becomes so disobedient. Son of God, child of God, became so disobedient in his life. He's anointed as a servant of God. Go read the life of Jacob. And, but now he's, 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 just, he's brought his family down to rock bottom. He, he, you know, he can't, he can't see past his own struggle and past his own problem. And God, God calls Jacob at a place called Bethel. If you could play something, you could just play something softly. God calls Jacob, he appears to him for the first time in Genesis, you can go read it, I think it's Genesis 28, God calls Jacob and he meets Jacob and reveals himself at Bethel, and, 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 and God supernaturally shows himself, you know the story of Jacob seeing a ladder, and he sees the ladder and it goes from heaven and angels descending and ascending, and Here's Jacob's first experience. He sees the Lord and and God speaks to Jacob in in that vision. And God says, I'm with thee. This is what God says to Jacob. I am with thee and will keep thee in all the places whether thou goest. Notice the promise. I'm with you, Jacob, and I'll keep you wherever you go. Wherever you go, Jacob. I'm the God of Bethel. I'm the God of your first experience. But even if you fall away from that, no matter where you go, Jacob, I'm going. No matter how distant you get, I'm going. No matter how cold you get on me, no matter how unfaithful you become to me, Jacob, I'll never become unfaithful to you. No matter how far you fall, He says, I'm with you wherever thou goest and will bring thee again into this land. I will not leave thee. Genesis 28, 15. I'll not leave thee until I have done 
that which I spoken to thee of. What was God doing? God was joining himself. He was attaching himself, tethering himself to Jacob. You realize when you come to God and you give your life to Jesus, God says, I'm going to, I'm not, I'm not just going to, I'm not just going to know you as, you know, a cat, maybe other friends that just know you as some casual person. But when you accept me, I'm going to join myself to you. I'm going to tether myself to you. God says, I'll be with you, Jacob, no matter where you go. You're going to go a lot of places. I never told you to go, Jacob. You're going to go to a place, and we know where Jacob goes, and, and, when, and, and, and he leaves Bethel, and he backslides from that first experience. But God says, wherever you go, Jacob, I'm going. And I, I, I'll always be there, Jacob. I'm never going to leave you. I'm joining myself to you, Jacob. Oh, Jacob wakes up from that dream, and, and Jacob says, oh, I, he says, oh, uh, how awesome is this place? The words Jacob uses. How awesome, he says, that I, I, I've seen the Lord. I've seen how awesome, how dreadful. He says, that, he says, how awesome is this place? And then 20 years pass beyond that vision. 20 years goes. Time has a way of changing you. And 20 years down Jacob's journey from Bethel, 20 years later from that experience, yet what comes after that first experience you have with Jesus trials and tests and temptations and problems and struggles. Jacob got it all. And the Bible says Jacob comes to a place and we, we don't want to take the time to go into the story, but Jacob, after he leaves Bethel, he gets backslidden in his life and becomes lustful over things that he shouldn't. And it, it is the condition of his life. The Bible says that God appears to Jacob again. And God, here's what God says. When in Jacob's most fallen, backslidden state, God comes to Jacob and God says, Jacob, I'm the God of Bethel. What's he saying? I'm not the God of that problem. I'm not the God of that, of that addiction. I'm not the God of, of, that, of that issue. That may be an issue and something you're struggling with. I'm not the God of that. I'm the God of Bethel, Jacob. And he starts to call back to Jacob. Jacob, I'm the God of Bethel. Oh, where was Bethel, Jacob? It's where you made a vow to me. It's where you gave your life to me, Jacob. It's where that first experience you had with me, Jacob. I'm that God. I'm the one who revealed myself to you and spoke to you and broke your heart. And I bro- broke down all the callous and all, the, all of your pride. And I moved in your heart in a special way. Somehow you've fallen from that first love, Jacob. Gets to such a place that God begins to say, Jacob, just could you remember in your captivity and all of those chains and all of that problem and and, and, and no matter how far you've fallen, Jacob, can you remember, Jacob, how I touched you the first time? Can you just call back to remembrance the former things when you were illuminated by the word of truth? When God got a hold of your heart, can you just begin to remember that? Bow your heads with me, every head bowed, every eye closed. You may feel far here tonight. God said, I'm the God of of Bethel, Jacob. You say, how am I going to get back there, Brother Matt? How am I going to get there? Just remember, remember how the Lord first dealt with you. Go back to the altar. 
Go back to where you found him. Go back to Bethel. That's what God was saying. Go back to Bethel. You settled in Shechem. And, and you, you had tragedies there. And you, you, lost, you lost things. Even that word shekel means it's a place of burdens. It's a place of going back. Of turning back. And you dwelt there, Jacob. And you, you did many things you shouldn't have done, Jacob. But I'm not the God of Shechem. I'm the God of... I'm not the God who draws back. I'm not the God of backsliding not the God of getting cold. I'm not the God of cold worship. I'm not the God of formal worship. I'm not the God of that. I'm the God of Bethel, Jacob. I'm the God of your first experience. I'm the God of Bethel, Jacob. Come back to Bethel. Oh, captive daughter of Zion, loose yourself. Notice what God says. Loose yourself. He's pointing to something inside of that bound up daughter. Loose the bands of your neck, O captive daughter. Awake, put on your strength. Oh, that's, that word means boldness. Put on your boldness. Oh, captive daughter who's been trampled by the enemy. Maybe you feel like a punching bag and you've just been beat up all week long and you're constantly, your mind's berated with doubts and fears and all of this. But you can maybe stand to your feet tonight and say, I'm sick of being punched around. I'm sick of being beat around. I'm sick of being pushed around by the devil. I'm sick of my this addiction or this captivity or this problem or this issue. Oh, hearts. Stand into your feet tonight. Raise those hands up to the Lord. Shake yourself. Oh, listen to the word of the Lord. Shake yourself. Awake. Put on your strength. You're enslaved. You might be bound. You might have a a chain around your neck but loose yourself from your condition stop waiting for some preacher stop waiting for some special thing stop waiting for the next camp stop waiting for some experience loose yourself you can do it you're tonight put on your strength oh zion put on that power of god that i've placed inside of you Oh, the Bible word there for, for shake means, oh, it means the strength of a lion. It means that no matter how bound you are, you've got the strength of a lion down inside of you. You've got the overcomer living down inside of you. Shake yourself, oh, captive daughter of Zion. Be set free. Could you do it tonight? Could you raise a hand to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm shaking myself here tonight. Uh, Maybe you found the chains that you set me free from uh, yesterday in my past, Lord. But today, Jesus, Lord, I'm saying I'm going to purify my mind. I'm going to purify my spirit. I'm going to cleanse my body. I'm going to cleanse my my, my memory, my conscience, my imagination. I'm going to cleanse it. I'm going to clean it out tonight, Lord Jesus. I've realized there's another dimension I can give myself to in those influences. I subject myself to. But I want to say, I don't want to be influenced from a fallen angel. I want my life to come under the influence of a mighty angel, an angel from above. I want my life to be surrounded in an atmosphere of faith. 
I want my life to not be surrounded in an atmosphere of doubt and fear and worry and anxiety. I want to surround myself with belief. I want to believe, Lord, your word. I want to stand upon your promises. I want to accept it for my life. Oh, hands raised up everywhere. Lord Jesus, God, all we can do here tonight, Lord, is rejoice that there's a word that you've given us, Lord. We don't have to stay in that condition. We don't have to stay in that problem. I don't care what it is here tonight. No matter how distant we've gone from you, Lord, you're the God who binds yourself to us. You tether yourself to us and you said, I'll never leave you, never forsake you. No matter where you go, I'll go. Whether thou goest, I'll go. Say, how far is God away from me? He's just right there. He's just right there. He's just right there. How far do I got to come back to be restored back to my first love? It's just right there. Just raise a hand and accept it here tonight. Oh, just raise a hand and open your mouth and say, Lord, I believe it. How quick, how long is it going to take for me to get that joy back? It's just right there, child. How long is it going to take for me to get over this? It's just victory. It's just laying right here. All you got to do is accept it. We've created that atmosphere. The Lord Jesus is here. Holy Spirit is here. His promise is here. And he's just looking for a heart to say, Lord, I believe. I believe, Jesus. I accept it, Lord. I wonder if there'd be somebody here today, maybe, maybe who, every head bowed, every, every eye closed, who could say, I'm that captive daughter. I'm that captive son. The word has found me here tonight. I want to speak to you here. You identify with that. I just want to speak to you just here for a moment. This altar is open. You can, you can come, kneel at this, this altar. You could be there, uh, there and just accept it. It don't matter to me. But I want to speak to you here tonight, oh captive daughter of Zion maybe you could say I found those chains once again in my life I've, I've given myself to the wrong things I've, been, I've, I've allowed the devil to seduce my mind to the wrong things to the wrong spirit I've subjected myself to the wrong attitude maybe, maybe to watch or say or to do or listen to the wrong things maybe you feel like that captive daughter who's been spit on and mocked and trampled on and constantly maybe in the mind you struggle constantly with with oppression in your mind and in your spirit and you just have given up on hope given up you'll ever be set free of it but God's here to say tonight awake awake that's something down on the deep inside of you beyond every layer beyond every layer of doubt and fear, beyond every lie that the devil's told you. Down on the inside, there's a voice that's screaming out to say, I want to go free. I want to be free of it. I want to let go of it. I want to be once and for all. I I, want to be like Legion. I want to be a new man. I want to be set free of all those spirits. I want to give it to you tonight, Lord Jesus. I want to be free of that. Oh, surrender to that tonight. Surrender, young person. Surrender to the voice of God. Speaking right now. Lord Jesus. Lord, no different than her. 
are we, Lord? How often we can find ourselves no different, Lord. Selling ourselves for nothing. Selling ourselves for the wrong things. Going in the wrong direction. But tonight, Lord, grace has reached out a hand. Mercy has stretched forth. And all we've got to do is just stretch our arm back and say, I accept it tonight, Lord. I'm going to take that grace you've given me. I'm going to embrace it here tonight, Lord. I'm going to let go of, every, of everything that happened yesterday or this morning. I'm going to let go of what happened last week. Because mercy's new every morning. And your mercy was renewed when the sun rose up today, Lord. Your mercy is new right now for every heart. Every young person, Lord. And we want freedom, Lord. That's what we look for here tonight. We want to be free. Lord, and I pray for every heart, every life, Lord, that's crying out from the deepest part of their soul to say, let me put on my strength. Let me put on my beautiful garment that God's given me. Let it be a garment of courage. Let it be a garment that would inspire my friends. Let it be a garment that would inspire. Let my courage and my faith inspire my mother, my father, my church, my friend, my best friend. Maybe for somebody else, uh, you want to reach out a hand and say, Lord, would you set them free here tonight, oh God? Let my life be such an impact. Lord, to those that are around me, God. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Lord, as the Holy Spirit just moves. Let it move in your heart here tonight. Grant it, Lord Jesus. Grant it, Lord. I pray, oh God. Move in a special way, Lord Jesus. You can be free. Lord, that's the words I keep hearing here tonight. You can be free, oh daughter of Zion. You can be free, son. You can be free, daughter. You can break that grip that Satan's had in your mind and in your life. You can be free tonight. Oh, once you find Jesus, nothing's the same. Everything's changed. Once you find the Lord, once you find the Lord, I need thee, oh, I need thee, every hour I need thee, oh, I come, I come to thee. Sing it again now. I need thee, oh. 
I change.